Hi, I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Lena Morgan. And this is Song vs. Song. It is our milestone 101st episode. Yay. Is that a milestone? No, I, I just don't know how to get... We did our 100th episode, and now I'm not sure how to get back in our like normal groove. Because we worked up so big to that one. Oh, I think it's fine. I think that you just... I don't know why you called attention to it. You're making it weird. You're making it you're making it freaky, girl. Oh no. Oh, this week we are doing the Commodore's Brick House versus Rick James's Super Freak. We are getting funky. Funky. Do you feel funky? Uh no, I just showered. I did in fact just take a shower. Oh, well, I'm pretty funky over over on this side of the room. <laughs> I like the idea of this side of, of the room. You mean on the opposite coast? <laughs> no, we are in the room together as we do this. Ah, uh, yes, as always, as always. Um, do you have feelings about these songs? Where do you want to start? Which song do you like better? Did you do like the back-to-back listen and, and have a gut instinct reaction? Well, you know, it's a funny thing. I was dead certain I knew the answer to that question. I remember like when I was first getting into music, not really liking Rick James very much. I'm not sure that's a take that holds up. It's well, I mean, well, I what this is, this is like the, the question of this one is basically 70s funk versus 80s funk, which is like completely different propositions. It is. It's a bad matchup. It's almost like if somebody had pitted Nine Inch Nails closer against uh, <laughs> Smells Like Teen Spirit by That's Nirvana. a good matchup, and this is a good matchup too. <laughs> God damn it. Um. And they're they're only like three years apart. I know, um, but both there are so there are significant three years. Here's another thing I'll say about it: these songs both, if if you're from a certain time frame, they're just background radiation. I think regardless, Rick James has been ruined. <laughs> I think that Dave Chappelle just ruined Rick James completely. The same way uh, he ruined Little John. Yeah, it just he, yeah he just he made him in. It is such a a joke. And I don't think that that was, well, I mean, I don't want to say it wasn't the intention, but I don't, I think that no one can plan for a joke to hit so hard that it becomes the only thing that anyone thinks of. Yeah. And he, uh, like, and Rick James passed right after that. Like he only had like another couple of years after the Dave Chappelle episode, uh, the Rick James episode of Chappelle show. So he never really got a chance to like really take advantage of his high profile again. No. But, uh, um, you know. And if we if we want to talk about songs getting ruined, the fact that uh, Brick House by the Commodores was by, you know, Lionel Richie and then Lionel Richie spent the 80s being Lionel Richie. That does kind of make me glance a little at Brick House. I again. So for me, it was just that they were these were songs that just when I turned on the TV you remember those ads? Yes, I know exactly like, what you're oh, talking about. Like, like, oh, like, own the 70s. Yeah, Lifetimes, hits of the 70s. Jeez, I'm brick. So, like, would always show up. And it would, but it would be, like, in the same place as, like, like, Captain and Tennille, you know? Like, <laughs> you'd be like, this is so... And as a kid, I'd never registered to me that these were different genres of music. Like, the 70s was, like, one globulous genre. Because of ads like that, it just warped my mind in a very strange way. Yeah, Brick House has become like a song we take for granted, I feel like, versus Super Freak, which keeps getting revived by samples, so we get a chance to like reappreciate it all over again. Like, I don't know why Brick House doesn't have like a prominent uh, song that samples it to make it relevant again. I mean, Lionel Richie is like super proud of uh, Brick House, like. See, we were a funk band, and we could get real funky. And that's what it was like something he can be proud of, something that makes him cooler than he would generally be perceived as. Yeah, I mean, the Commodores are not really known for being a funky band. I mean, they started out with that. But that's not the stuff that they're really known for, other than Brick House. Yeah, I mean, these they've got some pretty good funk jams in there, but like these days, when you talk about the Commodores, you're talking about it's like, Cause I'm easy. Oh, once, twice, three times a lady. It's fun just letting you go. <laughs> I very rarely do the thing where I leave a silence 
for no, you, you really to fill. don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's very fun to watch you awkwardly do it. Yeah, that's true. I always think of the once, twice, three times a lady. There's a there's an old MSG3K bit about Mike Nelson like being three times a lady. Yes, which I find to be very funny, and also um, Eddie Murphy as Buckwheat. <laughs> do it. It's a is a classic SNL. Anyway, um, yeah. real member Barry shit going on at the top of the show. Uh, I will we're, say we're remembering other people remember the Commodores. Like that's that's true. a. That's a thing from before times. Like, I, I just cannot imagine, hello, Lionel Richie doing this song. It feels like a real disconnect. Well, I mean, I mean not- also, he's well, he's in a very different spot in that song, isn't he? Well, yeah, he's, he, not, he's, he's usually he's the singer. He's playing an instrument in that one. Yeah, he's the sax player for the Commodores. So, like, I, from what I can gather, because I went back and wa- rewatched his Behind the Music he was just supposed to be one member of a band like like cool in the gang. You can't or Earth, Wind and Fire. You can't generally tell one of those guys from another. There's not like a one star, one guy hogging the spotlight. And then just kind of slowly, he was just like so good at the ballads that he just kept writing more and more and they just kept becoming big hits. And so gradually he just kind of sucked up the band like Brickhouse is like probably like the last song where you think of like the Commodores as a band. And after that, it's just Lionel Richie's vehicle. You know how you ask every at the end of every year what the worst two seconds of music were? Mm hmm. A.K. Absolutely. For me. <laughs> Super freaky girl from. Yeah. Like it's just that part. I, f- I don't even remember if that if that made your worst of list or just at some point you mentioned it. But I, I mentioned abs- it. It didn't make my because I like Nicki Minaj. I like I also like her, but I hate that like her leaning into being weird and obnoxious is something I usually enjoy. But the F.R.E.A.K. is is just what did you said? It just scans wrong, which it quite literally does. And it, it just it gets under my skin in a way that I find so uncomfortable and I'm not made uncomfortable easily. You know, it's a, a weird thing that, the, you know, that song just hit us both wrong because it feels like Rick James and Nicki Minaj would be uh, pretty simpatico. Oh, I don't doubt that. But it did not help my viewing of the original song. You know, there's a for some reason, Showtime had a, a an entire documentary about Rick James and the life of that's just for free on YouTube for some reason, I think, like legally. So I was like watching that before I came up here and it seems like a lot of Rick James's crew and Rick James perhaps himself was not a huge fan of Super Freak. Well, it's that tale as old as time, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where they worked a lot harder on all the other songs on the <laughs> album and then they were like, we got one more slot. Like what's what if the he single? just like let me come up with this dumb song? Like he put about as much effort as somebody does when they come up with a song in five seconds and then put it up on TikTok and hope, right? Like maybe people will use this as a meme. Um, but I don't know that he thought, man, this is gonna be a meme. You know, I feel like we have like started talking more trash about these two songs than I really intended because to me these are like two absolute uh, funk classics. These are the, like two of the greatest singles of all time. And I did my research on Super Freak and Rick James was like, oh, yeah, that, w- that one was for white people. That one just because I needed like a crossover single. Like and well, I was just like shocked. Like this is like one of the funkiest songs of all time. Right. Right. And they're like, no, no, I don't. So I feel like maybe I'm wrong. That feels like a bit of a history rewrite to me. <laughs> I don't know. They had to, like Rick James was dead by the time they made that documentary, but they had uh, some people saying like straight up, it's like, that's, that's for frat boys. Like you go to a frat party and that's what, that's who plays super freak. Okay. But before we, I, I do want to talk about that, but I want to address the, the elephant in the room, which is that we have not said which one we prefer. I don't think you can choose wrong. I truly don't. No, these are these these songs are both great. These are like anyone who rank rated either of these songs lower than a, a nine out of ten, you would get you would like look at them weird. Like, what did that even say about you? 
Yeah, I think it's very important. You know, you said that we were both trash talking the songs. I want to be very clear that I was doing no such thing. I was talking about the stuff around the songs having a negative impact on the songs themselves. That's very different, okay? uh, Yeah, it's... Don't misquote me. All right, but which do you prefer? (sighs) It's tough. It really is. Do you prefer your women freaky? Or do you prefer them built like a brick house? Well... These are not either or com- uh, propositions now that I say that out loud. As, here's the thing. I like both these songs. I think as far as like instrumentation, composition, I prefer uh, Brick House. However, there's something about the lyrics of Super Freak. You know, just because, you know, I appreciate Brick House. I appreciate that, you know, but that's a song that's about the shape of a woman, right? Yes. They got a very specific idea of what the ideal woman is. I mean, I don't she... believe that Rick James is approaching any kind of ideal. He just likes a freaky girl. <laughs> and that's it. And it's not about how she looks. It's that she likes to be a little freaky and he respects that. And for that alone, I give it to Super Freak. You know, that's funny. I saw people in the comments going different ways about, like, which one is more wholesome. Like, it seems to me that the one by Lionel Richie would have to be the more wholesome one versus the one by Rick James, who uh, was a fucking dog with women. Like, Uh, he was like straight up was like, yes, girls, girls, girls all the time, every time. So my listen, let me put it to you this way. Um if I ever have a, a bunch of money or the laws change and I go to a battery of plastic surgeons, I will hand them the lyrics to Brickhouse and say, get to work. <laughs> 36, 24, 36. That will never happen, by the way. Like, unless, you're, unless you're like replacing my skeleton. <laughs> That's not, I don't, the 24, I can't. I don't, I don't know what measurements actually are. I don't ever cared about numbers. So I was like, what is that? Like waist or well, let me, okay, like so height? it's 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 um the thirty the first thirty six is bust. Okay. The second number, the the twenty four is waist, and the 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 second the third the the that's the hip the hip and the butt area. Okay. That's it. Those are the numbers. I'm glad I could I could teach you. This is a teachable moment. For all the kids that want to know, and let me tell you, would you would you say, uh, Todd, that I am generally speaking a, a thinner person? Oh yes, absolutely. You're okay, clean. I'm no okay. <laughs> I would never be a 24 waist. My natural waistline <laughs> is at like a 29 at the moment, and I could maybe get it down to a 28, but it would never go any tinier than that. Never, in a million years. Are you saying you could not be a brick house? Well, I think we should redefine. Oh, also. <laughs> What a brick house is has been redefined many times over the years. <laughs> and I do not believe if the gold standard is the brick house, I do not believe 36, 24, 36 is considered to be the gold standard at present. Sir Mixlock straight up said, and like, what is that? No, I don't like that at all. Only if she's five foot three. Yes, I know, I know. But I, my point is that there, we, I don't know that we really have a gold standard, and if we do, it's a, it's, it's a larger number pretty much across the board, <laughs> right? Like if I was, if I was gonna try and pin it down and say, okay, like what are people after? I don't think it's that. There's no wrong answer here, by the way. I just <laughs> think it's the the problem with Brick House is that it feels as though it's exacted a standard that people are no longer interested in. People maybe uh, went for that at some point, maybe tried to buy in, tried to achieve it. But I don't know that there's a lot of people out there going like, I got to hit that 36, 24, 36. Otherwise, I don't count. I'm not real. <laughs> oh, like the the case for like Rick James actually being the respectful one and like the Commodores being gross was like it's, it's it literally starts with a with a cat call or a wolf wolf whistle. Ow, she's a brick. And then the horns come in to cover up the word shit. <laughs> I know the term built like a brick shit house, and I know this song, and I never put that together. Isn't that hilarious? 
a real there's a, there's a bit of a Jason Derulo energy there. Oh yeah, like Brick House is a classic. It is a great song. It's not a, a very complicated song. It's, it's not a song, song you think by very a person hard about. Who knows what they like? Although weirdly, a lot of those lyrics are written by um, the one guy's wife. I don't know. I've heard that before, and I, you know, I was doing my research. I think that's just an urban legend. I don't know. I I believe it's possible that 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 some of them lyrics were written by um, what's his face's wife. I think that's kind of an interesting concept. William Kang, that uh, Shirley Hannah Kang had written some of those lyrics. I think if you say she wrote all of them, that feels unlikely to me. That maybe she wrote the concept and like a little skeletal outline. Maybe I would believe that. I would believe that. It's it's possible. I think I think we can all agree that Lionel Richie did not write that much is clear. Yeah. Although that that horn line fucking kills. I I just I think I would go with Brickhouse just because I like 70s funk more than 80s funk. Like there's always like it feels like it was made with like a 30 piece band. Like it's it's so much warmer in the 70s. Like I have a a book called Funk that's just the history of funk. He describes 80s funk. As, the word he uses is naked funk because it's like much colder, much more new wave influenced. And there's a lot more synthesizers and stuff like that. And much less on the horns and and stuff like that. Yeah, I again, that I, I stand by what I said initially, which is that musically I prefer Brick House. Lyrically, I prefer Super Freak. On the other hand, it feels like, I mean, Prince got big in the 80s with that kind of sound. And there's something like really impressive about how the way he was able to like pull in and mix up all sorts of genres like that. I don't think Rick James gets a lot of credit for that, but that is what super freak is doing. In fact, the part in the documentary where they were talking about like why this is for white people is like this riff. It's like that one is a new wave riff. And then they played the song he was thinking of when he wrote it. It goes, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. Well, that. I wouldn't have put that together in a billion years. I mean, that's so interesting. It makes me want to go down a, a completely different pathway um, just for a second. Um, 70s versus 80s. I like to think about um, artists that endure across decades, you know? Mm-hmm. I was just with my music club. I'd pitched an idea that I wanted to do with my music club. You know, we each take turns and bring a record and say, we're all going to listen to this record and see what we think about it. Sometimes you pick a record you you love. Sometimes you pick a new record. I said, what if we picked a record by an artist we like, but one that we either never listened to or only gave a shot to once because we thought it was terrible or historically it was considered to be terrible. And the album that I brought for that was Press to Play by Paul McCartney. Which one, when is that? That's from 1986. All right, like right when he fell off of being a hit maker. Okay. So the thing to know about Paul McCartney is that the 70s, despite, you know, the fact that obviously everything is the Beatles and then anything after that is always going to be postscript in his obituary, he is still largely uh, beloved uh, in the 1970s, right? Like once you get to band on the run and beyond that, like he's he's pretty well liked. He's doing well. And then the 80s start and things start to go off the rails at first with McCartney too, which is an album that I like, but was not really beloved at the time. But then he gets it back with a little bit of Beatles revisionism in the form of Tug of War, uh, which was produced by uh, George Martin. And then he does some stuff on that go. with Stevie Wonder. And he did. Another- well, that's who that's the Ebony and Ivory album. Yeah. Well, he does one funky song, but he also does Ebony and Ivory. That's- right. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that the funky song is is probably better. <laughs> well, almost anything's <laughs> better than Ebony and Ivory. But you know, he was, he was, people say that like 80s Paul is terrible. I would disagree. But I think when people really call him on the carpet, what they really mean is press to play. And press to play is him trying to ape like, I don't know, like the police and um, okay. uh, who else is it there? There's I'm really like, curious where you're going with this. 
Uh, and what's interesting is that he's trying to do other people's music and it doesn't work, right? Like he's trying to come in as an artist who has a completely different style and take up the ideas and framework. And he brings on a, an engineer from uh, the police to work on that album as a, as a producer, not an engineer. And he didn't really have the vision. And it makes me think of all of this stuff when you talk about the idea of Rick James coming in and writing a song, perhaps intentionally, to sound like New Wave um, at a time in which perhaps he did not quite have the aptitude for it, perhaps not his 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 greatest strength, except for the fact that this was a huge hit. Well, I mean, it, it was a huge hit, and um, it's also just really good. It's like an interesting mix of styles that I, I, you know, because it's been so beaten into the ground, you don't really appreciate anymore. And I mean, that, like, that, that riff is killer. It is an amazing riff. Yeah, I mean, one would argue you can't touch it. You really can't. And maybe <laughs> you shouldn't anymore. May- God Maybe damn it. you shouldn't. Well, I, again, I think what I'm saying to you is he got away with it, but maybe there's an alternate universe where Paul McCartney had Talk More Talk be a huge hit, and it, you know, became the thing that defined his career. <laughs> the, the world's a funny place, and, and parallel worlds are even more funny. I mean, when I when I first started listening to Rick James, I thought the guy was like just... Well, I mean, when I started listening to this, like Rick James's reputation was not good. He had was like gone all completely off the rails with the drugs and he was in jail and all that. And that was just basically his reputation. And that did the, the fact that Super Freak was his biggest hit that that really didn't help. So like my impression of him was like the guy who made songs like She Blew My Mind 69 times. I was just like this is like gross guy. And I re- went back to listen to that album street songs 1981 it is like a serious concept album about uh uh life on the streets and there's like an anti-policeman song in there there's like a straight up fuck the police song in 1981 the the memification of rick james has done him like a serious disservice uh, like it's a, it's, it's a shame and also again i don't think Super Freak is gross. If I look at the lyrics, I don't really, <laughs> like, this is so bad? This? This is like people freaking out and saying how gross unholy is. <laughs> it's, it is it is funny. She's got incest, uh, excuse me, incense. That would yeah. be freaky, but excuse me. Incense, wine, and candles. It's such a freaky scene. Apparently the original lyrics were a lot grosser. Yeah, well, there was a um, there's another writer on that, and specifically, they they brought in somebody to write to to white it up, so to speak, to, to make to it so PG that it would be doctorate. Yeah, um, I think the most interesting part of that story is the fact that supposedly, I mean, depending on who you ask, the reason he made a music video for that song and it didn't air on MTV because they didn't they didn't let black people on MTV in the beginning. Yeah. Um, and depending on who you ask depends on how accurate that is or who it was that was responsible for that particular track getting rejected because certainly if you look, statistically speaking, there were not black artists until a certain point in. But there was a, a, a black woman who was uh, the director of acquisitions. Her name is Carolyn Baker. And she said that she was the one that turned it down. Um, because there were half naked women in it. It was a piece of crap. And as a black woman, I did not want that representing my people as the first black video on MTV. I mean, that's the impression I get from super freak, but you actually watch the video. I mean, they're, they seem actually pretty modestly dressed, especially by current standards. First of all, I hate the idea of somebody trying to take credit for systemic issues. (laughs) Don't do that. Um, nobody, uh, I mean, I mean, nobody wins when it comes to respectability politics, except for the oppressor, not to be on a, on a soapbox about it, but like, that's just how it is. Right. So like, let's say she really had that level of power. And at the time said, no, we have to make sure that a respectable black person is the first person that goes on MTV. It's like, so 
you realize that's a real losing proposition, right? As a concept that sucks. That's a bummer. It's, it's not something I would be proud of, but like, like I said, like Rick James was like really in your face about all this, uh, all this stuff. Like I only watched like five minutes of the documentary and there were like all these pictures of him with like straight up naked women backstage. It's like, yeah, yeah. She's completely naked. Take a picture. Yeah, and also he, according to you on this very album, wrote an anti-cop song. You know what that is? Counter-fucking culture. Especially if you're talking about 1981 as we're entering into uh, the Reagan era. Oh, yeah, Rick James was edgy as fuck. You know, people treat him like a joke now, like he's like, what if cocaine was a person? But, you know, oh, my God. Cocaine bear, the Rick James. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, he did go way off the rails. He hurt people. He went to jail. And like if you are if you are that uh, MTV executive like Lionel Richie, you would think would be the guy you would want as the first guy. Perhaps he even was because MTV certainly loved Lionel Richie and his big stupid clay head. Uh, <laughs> man, that song, I heard, that's like one of the first songs I can remember. Hello, hello, is it me I'm looking for? Right, that's the name of yeah. that song. That's what you're talking about. And yet, I was reading about the story of Brick House. And like apparently after Brickhouse hit, they would the Commodores would go on tour and uh, let me quote here. They had official Miss Brickhouse contests in every city they went. And after they'd have a Brickhouse party and the party would be just as big as the concert. They they chose a Miss Brickhouse in every city. Like that sounds fun, doesn't it? It does. It like the the disconnect between the Commodores and Lionel Richie, the person we know, is just like so weird to me. I do like that. It's it's a weird thing because on the one hand, I have I have thoughts about the idea of setting the 362436 as a precedent. But on the other hand, if you just throw that aside and just announce that any anybody could be a brick house. <laughs> like if you go around and you choose who is the brick house of the show and you choose People of all shapes and sizes, every time you go, everyone's a different kind of person. Well, then you've won. You're the winner. You know, you mentioned that. I uh, I do remember these, like VH1's I Love the 70s. They were doing Brick House, and they had actual Rick James himself talking about Brick House. And he, he's like him saying the exact opposite of what you're saying right there. He's like, no, you're not a Brick House. A Brick House is this. Oh. <laughs> I mean, Rick James was who he was. I know, but like, anybody could be a brick house. Todd, you could be a brick house. I guarantee you that I could not. I love this song. I, I simply cannot hear, like, the words brick house out of, outside of this song as a compliment. I don't know. See, when I hear it, I think, like, a bodybuilder? Yeah, that's what I always thought it meant. Like, I don't know, I looked up, built like a brick shit house. Well, that a, definitely does not sound complimentary. I have never felt brick shit house. Shit is not. <laughs> yeah, it, the word shit is in it, and referring to actual shit, and also like the pictures that all come up are of bodybuilders. Huh, that's pretty like cool. A male bodybuilders. There's like a oh. couple of women in there, but like. So there you go. I, I stand by what I said, Todd. If you if you get swole, you could be a brick house. <laughs> See, Ugh. you you scoffed. But I was right. Okay, well, that's definitely not hap- gonna not gonna happen. I'm not gonna work out. Also, <laughs> one of the pictures that uh, comes up is a uh, uh, Kylo Ren with his shirt off in Last Jedi. Oh my God, Kylo Ren is a brick shit house. <laughs> he is a a broad man. I don't know, like the, he's the last if, brick shit house. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if Nikki wanted to do uh, like a gender flip version of Brick House, that'd be much more interesting. He's a brick well, house. That that could work. Yeah. I mean, well, I was going to propose they're a brick house, um, but I guess that would be somebody, maybe not Nikki doing that, but somebody could do that too. You know, I pulled out my funk book and it also referred to brick house as a frat boy song. Like this is like completely scrambling my understanding of both these songs. Look, I think any song that enters the popular zeitgeist and by that I mean a song created by black artists that gets co-opted by white people because of the enormous 
widespread success instantly becomes uncool. And part of the uncool is who is really succeeding the most? And I can't, I, I don't really, this, this is a question I did not think to ask until this moment. So I haven't looked up the answer, but you know, if you sat down and said, uh, the people who have made the most money and have enjoyed the successes of Brickhouse the most are white people, I would believe you. Same thing with uh, Super Freak. Well, I mean, there's just like straight up much more white people in the world. So like just by numbers, like something that crosses over. Yes, probably. But I mean it like in the sense of like, like they made money off of, like they profited from. You know, the only cover I've ever heard of Brick House and this mm-hmm. is surprising because Brick House is such, you know, a, a beloved song. The only cover of it, you already know where this is going, don't you? Yeah, but for the edification of the people who don't know, please say. It's it's Rob Zombie. That's right. Rob Zombie off the House of a Thousand Corpses soundtrack, alongside Lionel himself, which I, I don't I don't know if you should be singing that one, Lionel. It's isn't that weird? That of all the things. And there's a lot of so there's a lot about that. That's kind of weird, right? So, like, there's the fact that it's Lionel Richie, and I don't, despite the fact that obviously he's very much a part of the Commodores, he's not the person I think of when I think of that song, other than the sax part. Right. The fact that Rob Zombie is a big fan, that apparently he and Lionel Richie were mutual fans of one another. That just makes no sense to me. That's like, how is that? I don't believe you, Lionel. I do not believe you're listening to White Zombie. I don't. Yeah. But there you go. Uh, But the biggest thing about it is the rap verse. Oh, I hadn't thought. I didn't go back. Was was it Trina or was it Shauna? It's Trina. Trina. Okay. And Trina, if you don't know, perhaps unaware of the fact that uh, black women uh, in rap are not always wildly respected Mm -hmm. in previous decades. Um, Trina was... uh, had a pretty large impact and is considered to be one of the most important rappers because she was a woman who pushed through uh, all that bullshit. Um, She has some pretty good tracks, some pretty good records, but like the first time I listened to this version of Brick House, I didn't know it was her. And I was like, this rap verse is terrible. This is is not, and then I went back and listened to it a second time and I was like, it's not that bad, but it's, it really felt like she had cashed the check on that one a little bit. I mean, it's a soundtrack single. It is. Like, it's it's it, like writing something for, uh, you know, the Sonic the Hedgehog rap song. Yes. It's the, Sonic, it's, it's the Sonic the Hedgehog song, but with Rob Zombie and Lionel Richie and Trina. Oh, but yeah. Man. I mean, that was the thing. Like, when the rap first came in, I was like, I don't... The idea of Brick House having a rap verse sounds good in theory but in practice it was underwhelming which is a shame yeah i think that's why we haven't like i had a like a real big hit uh rap song that sampled this considering that every other like funk song from the 70s and 80s got like a a pop hit out of it like a crossover rap hit that is strange to me like maybe it's just not like the 80s funk songs are a lot smoother and more easy to put a beat under i feel like yeah, I don't I don't think it's really easy. And that's the thing, right? Like if I listen to a Trina track and go like, man, that rap verse is like kid rock levels of bad almost. Yeah, it, I'm listening and I, to it and now, I, it's bad. And I know what she's capable of, which is way more than that. Like if you listen to that and it was the only thing you knew of Trina, you would be like, that's a bad rapper. Not the case. And I think that part of it probably was that maybe it was a timing thing. Maybe it was that she was just cashing a check. But also, I think, like you said, I don't know that the beat really lends itself well. Yeah, it's it's not the four on the four floor disco beat. It's it, it's stuttering. Like, dun, 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 dun. And, you know, it it's it's up and down. It's not smooth the way that Rick James has got, you know, don't, don't, don't. So I well said, well said, I think it was, it's just a funny thing to hear out loud. I feel like the potential is there though. And someone more enterprising could do something with that. With the, with the time and the desire. Can I ask you a question? Sure. 
Um, that that part when Rick James says "blow Danny," did you always know that he was saying Danny? No, I think he said. I thought it was Daddy. I also thought that, but apparently it's Danny. He's referring to uh, the guy who is in fact blowing that horn, and I lost so much respect for the song. So, Why? Huh? Because what's Daddy wrong with culture. it? What's wrong I don't with- know. <laughs> I don't, I'm not being serious, but it was kind of vaguely disappointing. I was like, wow, like really ahead of the curve on the on the on the daddy culture thing, huh, buddy? Um, <laughs> and then it was Danny, and I was like, man, this is such a drag. Wow. I'm just gonna pretend. I'm just gonna pretend that it's daddy, because then it's better. I, I am too. I, I don't believe you. <laughs> I will say it's it's very strange to me that these are both Motown songs. Like it doesn't seem like they should be Motown. I mean, I Motown had changed a lot by you know the late seventies and early eighties. If someone had told you the Temptations were on one of these songs, <laughs> which one would you think they would have been on? If I didn't know, I I don't think I could imagine them being on either song. Hmm. Like the actual Temptations, the Isley Brothers, sure, but the Temptations, no. Like, even, like, when the Temptations started to get funky in the early 70s, it wasn't that kind of funk. Yeah, I guess that's true. I could I could see them evolving to a Brickhouse era, though. I, I could see it happening. It's very surprising that that's not the one that they're on, though. Um, if you if you didn't know, they are, in fact, on the Rick James song. Well, I mean, you, they should know that. They should. I mean, they literally, literally, he calls out to them, and then they do a Temptations thing. sing. Yep. Although, I'm not sure if I... Personally, Quite I would have believe. been really, I would have been really insulted if I was a temptation and someone said temptation sing. I'd be like, "You're not my supervisor." <laughs> no, taking, I, you know, I, I kind of wondered. A smoke break. I kind of like before I looked it up a long time ago. I was like, "Is that really, really the Temptations? Or are you just saying that?" It because it it just doesn't seem like it's a, a song the Temptations would be on. My girl, my girl, she's a very freaky girl. <laughs> and so she was god have we come any closer to deciding which one we prefer no because the thing is that i am exactly where i started which is that the it's hard for me to get like once i was able to do as much of reintroducing myself to the song fresh um the thing that really stuck with me about rick james was that it yeah it just feel weirdly counterculture um like he's putting up a middle finger and saying, I don't care if you like it or not. And I, you know, that appeals to me. Yeah, like, versus Lionel Richie's like, this is as close to edgy as he was ever going to get. And that was mostly the rest of his band carrying him. And, like, even when the Commodores were funky, they were not, like, scary or anything. They were not, like, edgy. Like, like Lionel Richie talks about this. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, this one got my family kicked out of church. Who, who are you kidding, Lionel? I mean, it could be possible. I mean, I would say a lot more I mean, honestly, like, about his church than it would about him, though. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm. I think it's true. I'm. I'm just like, okay, well, you got the one, Lionel. You got this one thing, but like, this is not like the the song your career revolves around. You you hit a spike once, and I like yeah. Lionel Rich. I like you know. Oh, what a feeling. But let, let's be real about who Lionel Richie is. Yeah, I guess it's just like, it'd be like if Lionel Richie, or like anybody, if, if, the, if the most vanilla person you know said, you know, I was in porn. And then you <laughs> looked into it and it was like, you worked crafty. <laughs> it's like that. Or when uh, the James Lipton said he was a, a French pimp. Did you never see that clip? No. On on Conan, he was like, yeah, like when I was like just starting out, I was living in France and uh, like a girl I knew asked me to be her protector. The word for that in America is pimp. Well, like that's what that's Lionel Richie and Brickhouse. A weird thing you can't really imagine. Yeah, that's a fair that's a fair play. Although let's just say James Lipton is walking down the street dressed as a pimp. <laughs> What is his theme song of these two songs? It is definitely Brickhouse. <laughs> yeah, James Lipton is a brick house. house. I feel like we've been saying it wrong the entire thing. Probably. You need like that three second pause and then you got to go house. 
I think we're ready for some questions. Yes, we've we've dillied and dallied like all of the freaky girls do. Yes. So we do this thing after we waste a lot of time where we uh, do focus up questions, hopefully make a little sense of the madness. Uh, the first question, one of these songs is going to stick around forever. But the other one, that means by uh, contrast, has to vanish as though it was never here at all. Todd, for the culture, which song has to stay? Challenge impossible. (laughs) I think it's got to be Super Freak. Mm. Do you think? It's tough. It's tough. I just, here's the thing. If you take Super Freak out of Rick James' catalog, who is he? Yeah, that's a good question. Like, he was certainly never bigger. I have wondered this. And I bet Rick James, well, I don't know. Rick James does not really seem like a guy that spends a shit ton of time on regrets, but maybe the hit did him more harm than good. Maybe. Like, is Rick James still alive today? (laughs) (laughs) If not for Super Freak. I feel like he was on a path regardless I guess that's right. I, it's just a weird thing because when a song eclipses you, eclipses the artist, which I think Super Freak did, until Chappelle. Right. Right, like Chappelle, I think, made Rick James this huge thing again, ubiquitous, but in a, a way that was, I hope, un, unintentionally mean-spirited. No, that's... Rick James seemed to like the attention, I think. I mean, I hope he did, but it, it is. It's one of those things where sometimes, a, you know, like a, like a one-hit wonder kind of thing almost. Where like, what 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 would you have been if you were just an everyday person that that had never happened to? Would you go back and erase the fame in hopes of living perhaps a, a healthier life? I feel. I mean, I, I'm sure Rick James would prefer have to not have gone off the rails on cocaine and stuff like that. But if you ask him to like, and you will never get to be famous, I don't think he'd take that. I mean, also obviously you you lose out on this tremendous important rap song, "Super Freaky Girl," <laughs> and, no, and no other rap song. Yes, that and has no ever other rap song. That. If I only believe- a different rap song had ever sampled. Uh, Super Freak by Rick James. We've effectively gone 50 minutes into talking (laughs) without talking about MC Hammer, which is singularly bizarre. We already did a You Can't Touch This episode. I know, but it's the only mention that I I had was to say, to vaguely paraphrase (laughs) the title. That's it. Which, you know, in many ways, I think, like, Super Freak, I knew the MC Hammer song in a more active fashion first and then actually yeah. listened to Super Freak in its entirety, right? Like Super Freak was a snippet in a commercial, a lifetime like Time magazine. This is the 70s. Oh, I think I heard you can't touch this like hundreds of times before I was aware of the existence of Super Freak. So that's another thing. Like, I guess <laughs> if you were going to get, I would give it to Super Freak because of the enormous cultural importance, the impact that it had on all those people that MC Hammer paid with that money that he made. <laughs> MC Hammer broke, but he paid so many people. What's this guy doing here? You're paying him? What does he do? He looks good. Like Huge respect to MC Hammer. I feel like I probably said that way back when we recorded that episode. That I appreciate a man who had all that money and was like, my cousin needs a job. He can't really do anything, but he needs right. money. So here it is. Like, <laughs> thank you for taking care of your friends and relatives. Um, so for that alone, I'll I'll give it to Super Freak versus Brick House, which is a great song, but it's also just kind of a blip in the in in the Commodores catalog. It's their best song, but also they would have been fine, and it didn't like really dictate any of the the path of their career. No. All right. Settled. Agreed. Agreed. Question number two: You could be a fly on the wall. Oh, and you can find out the whole story, soup to nuts, including a music video if you want of the creation of this song, but only one. Which is the this song? Which song do you pick? 
it would be more interesting to see what Rick James was doing because Rick James was doing all sorts of super freaky shit at the time. But on the other hand, do I want to see that? I don't know. Like the 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 Commodores and Brickhouse seems such. I'm not sure what interest is there at, to to it. It's just like a bunch of guys making a decent song, and then like I'd like to see maybe some of their beauty contests they were having at their concerts afterwards, maybe. But yeah, but you would also get the answer to the question. Did Shirley Hannah King have anything to do with writing the lyrics? Huh? Don't you kind of want to know? If you ask the average woman on the street, which would they prefer to describe them, I think they would go with Brick House. So, like, it wouldn't surprise me if a woman did help write this. I would love to know definitively the answer to this question. All right. Um, uh, so well, I, I would, I'm, for I me, I'm, I'm a super freak. Okay, I'm picking Brick House. We're, we're a house divided. Or right. brick house divided. Okay. Question number three. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, we've arrived. We've arrived <laughs> at, I think, perhaps, to date, the hardest version of this question. Megan the Stallion is going to get up to a night of hot girl shit, and before she does, she's got to get ready. So she's made a playlist that includes one and only one of these two songs. Todd. Only one of these songs can be hot girl shit for now and forever. Which one is it? This is the most Sophie's Choice version of this question in the history of the show. That's how you do episode 101. I mean, the the question is, you know, more interesting and funnier when we're not picking two songs that Megan Thee Stallion has definitely cranked up as hot girl shit before she went out on a... Like this is like not hypothetical. I am. I'm sure. We're taking one of these away from her. That's what's happening. Never again. Sorry, Meg. I know you're a big fan of the show, but after this episode, one of these songs you can't listen. Can't put on the playlist. If you're if you're just driving down the street, dropping a kid off at school or something, sure. But a night of hot girl shit, no days. Based on what I know of Megan. I feel like Super Freak fits her vibe more. Although, now that Nikki has claimed Super Freak, I don't know. Maybe she won't want to touch it anymore. I don't know. I mean, that body yaddy 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 yeah. is a brick house. Jesus. Oh, God. This is like, unanswerable. You know, you, know, you, know, you know who's a brick house, Todd? Yes. Megan the fucking stallion. Yes. She is the brickest of houses. Ah, God. The Big Bad Wolf would never blow that down. No. No, I'm I'm changing my 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 answer. I'm going with Brickhouse. I'm going with Brickhouse on this one. I did it. Yes. I, I coaxed you. I coaxed you. You got it. You you convinced me. Yes. You got one. All right. <laughs> That's For right. The, a broken clock is right twice a day, Todd. <laughs> um. All right. And now the fourth question, the most important question, not just that we ask in the show, but in the history of human creation. William Shatner, man about town. Owner of his own hair, equestrian, actor, uh, astronaut, apparently. Singer, definitely. He's going to do a Shatner version of one, and only one of these two songs. Todd, which one of these songs must be shat upon? I don't know. Like, Super Freak would be funnier, but, like, something about it just rubs me wrong. It's like, I don't want you to touch that one, Shatner. Versus Brickhouse, which that, that one seems like it'd be more fun to me. Also, like, Brickhouse is almost kind of already in Shatner's cadence. She's a brick. Five second pause. House. 36, 24, 36. Oh, what a winning hand. <laughs> it does naturally land. Yes. Doesn't it? Um, it really does. Yes. I just want him to go F R. E. No. <laughs> that really isn't Shatner's Again. cadence. Oh, this is so stupid. <laughs> That's how you know this was my idea on the show. Yes. The the dumbest ideas were all mine. Um I think I think if we're doing it for 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 serious, the answer is Brickhouse. Yeah, I think it's gotta be Brickhouse. Okay, so uh right now, Brickhouse coming out way ahead on the questions. I was thinking it was going to go the other way, just thinking about it. But it's like, no, I think uh, it's as interesting. It's interesting direction that things have gone. But obviously we are fools, clowns, jesters. The only people that matter 
are the listeners who come in and uh, and and add their comments so that this goes from being a, a clown show to being an intellectual discourse. Todd, what did the listeners have to say? All right. <clears throat> Art Fernandez writes, Super Freak is a coke-fueled orgy. Broke house is your parents having sex. Super Freak takes this one. Broke house? It said broke house. I don't know if that was like an insult or a typo. All right. I'm a, I am I am not a brick house, but I will say that from now on, if anybody wants to call me a broke house, <laughs> that, that, that will absolutely be a sick and fair burn. Uh, Katie Gunn writes, I always think about Monkey Bone when Brick House comes on. That, that doesn't say anything about the song, just the curse I live with every day. Oh, man. Um, somebody should, a someone should the, pay us to talk about the, the Brendan Fraser, Rose McGowan movie, Monkey Bone. Ugh. It's oh, wait, a, who else is in that? Chris Kattan, maybe? Chris Kattan, yes. Oh, and Whoopi boy. Goldberg. And anyway, Brendan Fraser, his body being possessed by a cartoon monkey that represents his libido, does a uh, horny version of Brick House. Not, not that there's a different version of it, but it's a, the horniest Brendan Fraser you will ever see in your life, singing Brick House. It's terrible. Yeah, I, I really hated every part of that sentence. Yeah, it's a nightmare. It is, <laughs> it is, it is like kind of cool world, but for Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Which you'd think might be good, but it's not. It, it really isn't. All right. Dan Hogg writes, Whenever I think of Brick House, I start singing the chorus to the tune of Brick by Ben Folds 5. My musical mind finds this hilarious, and I'm sure I'm alone in that regard. Oh, she's a brick house. I'm drowning slowly. <laughs> That's awful. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Oh, uh, we are, uh, we both deserve to be murdered after this episode. <laughs> Uh, that the joke's on you. I would deserve to be murdered long before this episode. All right, Zoe Ni- uh, Zoe Neeson writes. Lena once mentioned that songs manifest in two points of the body. It'll either make you want to shake your ass or shake your titties. For the culture, Lena, which of these songs is the ass shaker and which is the titty shaker? Ooh, um, I completely forgot that I said that. Uh, I'll tell you, it sounds a- like something you said. It does sound like something I'd say, you know, I was going to call it, that sounds very wise, but it does sound very me, so the opposite of that. But um, I guess, hmm, I feel like Brickhouse has got to be the ass shaker and Super Freaky got to be the, sh- the titty shaker. Oh, yeah, like, how's this even a question, obviously? Okay, listen, <laughs> I put a little bit of thought. I mean, that it feels like you think about it for even a second, That that's what that is. Let me see here. Paul Anderson writes, Super Freak is stem cell Rick James. If you eliminated all other Rick James from the timeline, it would grow back bigger and nastier from Super Freak. That is the weirdest analogy I have ever heard, Paul. That's odd. I like it. Um, That's a very, like, there's something very reanimator about that. (laughs) We have the, like the tiniest bit of Rick James that we can grow into a full uh, or, or, Rick James, or, or it's like Jurassic Park, but all the dinosaurs are Rick James. <laughs> <laughs> just super stomping. freaky girl, super freak. Sorry, uh, just like the Tyrannosaurus charging in. I'm Rick James, bitch. For what it's worth, like I read an interview which says like, no, he's never. I've never heard him say I'm Rick James, bitch. He constantly says, I'm motherfucking Rick James. Yeah, you see, you can't rewrite history. No. All right. (laughs) Devin Brewer writes, as a Buffalo native, I've got to support my own and vote for James. The man was treated like a king here in the 80s. My lily white, carpenters loving father-in-law went to see him whenever Rick was performing in town. My old boss had an hours-long conversation with him about music and acting back when he was an 18-year-old boy, white boy rapper in the mid-80s, only broken up by Rick's trips to his car to do bumps of coke. He's in our blood, LOL. Just like the cocaine. Yes. I mean, I, I, I've never been to Buffalo. I've, I've heard it's a pretty white city. So, like, the idea that, like, all of these, you know, upstate New York white people are just in love with Rick James 
because he's from their hometown. That's amazing to me. Uh, like our local hero, Rick's local boy made good. Oh, <laughs> uh. he's uh, he's the uh, he's the Bjork of of Buffalo. <laughs> I just assume that people in Reykjavik just talk about Bjork all the time. I I, I assume so too. It's not a big country. There you go. All right. All right. Lazarus writes. Brick House gets pointed gets points deducted for the 36 24 36 line since that's not sturdy enough to be considered a brick house. Fair point. That's a fair point. Like I said, that's that is the snatched the snatchinest of wastes. I'm too uh, old to be saying these things. I'm sorry. Yes, you I'm really so are. sorry everybody. <laughs> All right. One last one. Nar4 writes, y'all realize this is the perfect opportunity for the secret fifth question. Which would have the better Muppet cover slash music video? Wait, is this is this a thing that I came up with or they came up with? I think I feel they like came we, up with it. But it okay. sounds like something we came up with, didn't it? It's, it's, again, it sounds stupid, so I believed for a moment that perhaps it was mine. B- b- stupid in a good way, by the way, if it was your idea. Um, oh, you know what? I think this is... The, perhaps this dates back to the Kokomo episode. Ah. I don't know. I feel like the Muppets could really kill both of these songs. Even though they really shouldn't. I just, here's the thing. I think it's a valid question. It's a silly question. But if you were going to have the Muppets do one of these two songs, which one would it be? I mean, these are both way too filthy for the Muppets. So we're getting close to like happy time murders territory here. I think think you can get away with it in Brick House. I'm kind of imagining Dr. Teeth (laughs) doing Brick House. I don't know. I think that works. I think... um, the funky beat lends itself more to animal style of drumming than Super Freak does. See? Yeah. Okay, there you go. It's Brick House. Brick House! <laughs> <laughs> they, would have an, they would have an actual, like, Brick House with, like, a face and arms <laughs> dancing. Yeah, it's like uh, on Sesame Street when they did You Really Got a Hold on Me and it was the letter U, like, wrapped yes, around the guy. that's exactly what it... Uh, it'd, be, it'd be terrible, but it'd be, like, a giant... House-sized house in the background waving its arms. Yes, I like this. Sold. <laughs> okay, that was the reader comments. <laughs> okay. And now? And the now, results. the results. What do you think? Because I really had no idea which way this was going to go. I haven't looked, so I really, I genuinely don't know the answer to this question. My, I'm going to guess it's super free because it's, it's more ubiquitous. Yeah, um, that sounds right to me. But I have no idea. I genuinely, I feel like it could go any result, I would believe. Truly any result. Any extreme, even if it was like one overwhelmingly one and it was the opposite of what I just said, I would still be like, yeah, I could see it. Yeah. Well, the actual results are for a total of 404 to 259. That is a, you know, a 61 to 39 split. She's a very freaky girl. Wow. Yeah, like you, yeah. Uh, once Megan samples Brick House, I think it'll be more even. And that's, that's definitely it, happening. That really right? feels inevitable now, doesn't it? Yeah, once Cardi or uh, someone else revives Brick House, because they've got to. It has to happen. And oh, now God. that we're back into an era of super obvious sampling, it, it will happen. Yes, well, now you said that, and I'm like, it's going to be fucking Lotto. <laughs> Ugh. Lotto has some good songs. I not, know, not but it, one. I don't know that I, well, it could be, maybe that'll be the one for her. Maybe, maybe it's going to be Lotto. On my list of people that it could be, she's towards the top. That's for sure. All right. Well, thank you for listening to Song vs. Song. If you want to support us, please, why don't you support us? We have a Patreon and you can uh, go there and give us, uh, you know, toss a coin to your Witcher. And five stars. Give us a five star review. Yeah, we do like that also. Oh my God, Lena. I've been threatening you with this for the longest time. And I think it's time. Oh God, what is it? What is episode 102? We shall be doing with arms wide open versus <gasps> how you remind me. Oh God. I've been threatening you with this since episode five or something it, like re- that. Is that true? I, I It feels like it. You're a- and you have been, you have made such a miserable face the entire time. I was like, well, maybe I'll hold off on that one. One of these days, one of these days, Todd, 
I will do something equally terrible to you. And it, 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 it won't be Cowboy Bebop versus Evangelion because you literally will just sit in stone silence for an hour. Yeah, I have no idea what those are. Um, but we'll find, I'll find, uh, I'll find it. I'll find something that will be equally tormentuous for both of us that are songs that everybody knows, and that'll be the live episode that we do. <laughs> Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Bye. See you next time. Thank mm-hmm. you.